On this episode of Brews on the Balcony featured one-on-ones, we have Josh Fleming, the current starting pitcher for the Tampa Bay Rays and a guy from St. Louis area, my hometown of Columbia, Illinois, and uh, got the opportunity to talk to him about his MLB debut, you know, the feelings he got whenever he found out he would make his MLB debut against the Blue Jays, his first strikeout against his first batter, Kevin Biggio, back in August, uh, talked about his World Series appearance against Mookie Betts, and uh, just a lot of other great conversations. I also asked him at the end, I said, hey, if I get 20 pitches against you, do you think I get a foul tip? Uh, you'll see what he says at the end of the episode. It was a great conversation. Josh gave us a lot of great time, a lot of great stories, and uh, you will not be disappointed. Make sure you go follow us right now at BrewsBOTB on all social media. Without further ado, we go one-on-one with Josh Fleming. Josh, thanks so much for joining us today, man. We're pumped up to have you. Um, you know, it's been a, it's been a big year for you. You got, you know, you just got married, first of all. Congratulations. Um, and uh, you came off a season where you got your first shot in the majors. And just talk to me about how it's been, man, from the start of 2020 and then and then making it to, to the big leagues. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, just beginning of 2020, um, I was going into my first big league spring training, which I was, you know, super pumped about. Um, and, you know, really just was going to be a learning experience for me, um, at least from my eyes, um, you know, just to be up with with the big league team for, for some of the spring training and, and just get to learn from the veteran guys, the guys that have been there for maybe a year or two, rookies, whatever it was. So I was pretty pumped to, uh, to, to begin 2020 with on that note. Um, and then obviously, you know, COVID comes around hits. Um, and I was actually, so I was supposed to start against the Red Sox in uh, one of the spring training games the day that they canceled all spring training. So I was like, well, that kind of sucks. <laughs> right. Like, you know, I was going to start, I was going to try and, you know, you know, show them what I got and everything. Um, and honestly, thankfully that did happen because I was still um, technically up with the team, even after spring training was canceled and they sent us home. So I was still part of their spring training roster. They had started to send people down and, and, you know, in my head, I was like, you know, after the start, chances are I'll probably get sent down so that their actual rotation will start getting their, you know, full reps and everything like that. Right. Um, so it was a blessing in disguise, as, as, as weird as that is, COVID. Um, so I was able to stay up um, and be on that roster still. So even when they sent us home, I was still part of the spring training roster. I hadn't been sent down yet. And I think that was a, a big play in, in, you know, some of the decisions they made to, to uh, make their alternate squad. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the season. So, but before any of that, you know, we come back and, and I'm just kind of stuck, like not knowing if there's going to be a season when it's going to start. So I kept throwing and throwing and, and Pete, he's, he went to Webster Groves high school. Mm-hmm. So he's from Pete Fairbanks. Area. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, you know, we were playing catch every day. We, uh, we were able to gain access to the turf field at Viani. Mm-hmm. Um, so we went up there every day, played, catch started throwing bullpens and i mean this was right when we got back before um you know before march so it was you know we didn't we didn't know what to expect um you know we kept getting updates like you know stay in it keep throwing but they still had no answer for us so it was just kind of a wild ride for those few months being home We, we just didn't know um and obviously i'm sure you saw on on social media and everything there was a lot of disagreements, a lot of, 
you know, it just got to the point where it's like, well, there's probably not going to be a season unless it starts right now. Right. Um, and this was, you know, in May and, uh, you know, finish up May, we get into June. We're still throwing every day. And Pete and I are like, man, like, is there going to be a season? We just didn't know, you know, we were, I mean, we, we had heard rumors and stuff like, okay, like a July 4th kind of start. And, and that was to get in, you know, 80 games, whatever. Mm -hmm. And when that rolled around and there wasn't a season, we're like, okay, what the heck? (laughs) Um, And I want to say it was like the second week of July. um, I get a call from Kyle Snyder, who's the um, pitching coach for the Rays. And he's like, Hey, how you feeling? I'm like, good. Been ready for, you know, all time. Yeah. Um, and he goes, he goes, well, you're, you're on the alternate squad. You know, this is right when we found out the season was starting. He goes, you're on the alternate squad. We want you down here. July is like 20th or something. We're going to start up, start, you know, another spring training 2.0. Um, cause we're going to get some good looks at you. Just, he goes, bring your stuff. I'm like, all right, let's go. So I, I was super pumped. Um, when that roll around, um, you know, it was a little, little bittersweet too. Um, I was able to come home and, and be with my then fiance and then my family and everything. And then, you know, for a few months and then like that turn around and uh, be gone for another three or four months. So um, bittersweet, but at the same time, it was just awesome um, to, to be selected to be a part of that alternate squad. And yeah. And, uh, yeah, man, it's it was it was cool to see. Like, obviously, I've been following your story, so um, you know, Josh and I both from Columbia, known Josh for a long time, and um, it, it was just it was neat to follow the story and everything. So, I'm curious with this season, like your honest opinion, do you think COVID helped? Like, this situation helped you get to where you are now. Like, do you think if everything was staying put, you would have been in AAA the entire year? Um, I definitely think it did help. Um, I will say, I'm pretty sure I was starting. I mean, I was been talked to by coaches and stuff. I I'm, was pretty positive. I was going to start in triple a. Um, and, and who knows from there, you know, you never know what, what could happen with a full, a full season. Um, so, um, yeah, it, it, it definitely helped me. Um, you know, when they picked their 60 guys to, to go to the season, um, you know, it made my chances a lot better. Um, you know, during the, during the season, they always, they're always signing people when, when injuries happen, so, I mean, in my head, I still thought that I had a chance to debut even mm-hmm. with a full, you know, season. Yeah. But, I mean, COVID definitely helped my chances a lot, um, in my opinion, and, and, you, and helped you, me get to, you know, where I where I ended up sure. at the end of the season. And you took you made the most of it. I think that's the one thing is like when you get up there, you got to cut it. Like you know, it's a business. Um, yep. I mean, tell me right. about the feelings when you got when you got told that you're coming up and you're starting on August twenty third. This is you're not coming up to sit in the bullpen. You're 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 going to be on the mound against the Toronto Blue Jays. Tell yeah. me what your feeling was. Tell me how you reacted. Did you did you kind of you know freak out a little bit or were you all right? Yeah. So so the the day before I got called up um, at the alternate site, we we did simulated games and stuff, and I was supposed to throw four or five innings, whatever it was. Um, and my start got stopped like it was stopped the coach came up to me and he's like hey here's the deal there's been a couple injuries nothing is set in stone but there's a chance that you be called up we want to make sure that you're ready to go and you know that you didn't just throw and you're ready to go this weekend so I was like okay like in my head I'm like do I tell anyone do I just kind of <laughs> you know wait I didn't want to count my my chickens before they hatch sure. so 
you know, I had, I, I called my dad um, and I was like, Hey, here's the scoop. Um, you know, there's a couple injuries, yada, yada, yada. I could be potentially starting in case you and mom wanted to, you know, fly down and watch at a local bar, Sure, whatever. Yeah. Um, so I kind of put that in their head and I told my fiance, Katie at the time, um, that that could potentially happen as well. And the deal with that was her sister was getting married on Saturday. Oh, really? So <laughs> if I would have been starting Saturday, she would not have made it or even, you know, come close to coming down. Um, Did she think about it though? Was she sitting there going, ah, you know, sis, maybe I could. <laughs> yeah. she, you know, I'm, I'm sure she did. Um, but you know, being her sister's maid of honor and everything obviously hindered her, Sure, would have hindered her to do that. Um, so Friday, yeah, Friday rolls around and I get a call in the office or no, before, before we all got to stretch the guy who, who ran the alternate site, he was our field coordinator for spring training. Um, he had everyone gather and say, he just had a few things to discuss. Um, and he, and he first started talking about how there was a tropical storm that could have been coming up to where we were. Um, and that if anyone was staying near the water and needed a place to go more inland, they would have places for us. And so he's like, come talk to Tim, who was our, the head clubby there. He goes, he'll get it figured out for you. And so I'm like, okay, that was what the meeting was about. And then all of a sudden he starts talking. Um, when he first took the um, field coordinator job was my first spring training, um, which was in 2018. And he went on to say how he remembered seeing this scrawny little lefty kid who just competed and, and got the job done and all this stuff. And I'm like, at this time, I'm like, yeah, I think he's talking about me, but I'm not sure. <laughs> right. Um, and he kind of explained my story, said how I went Bowling Green um, to Port Charlotte in 2018. And he said in 2019, I went, or he kept saying he, he never mm -hmm. mentioned, he never, never actually said, said name, me, yeah. but he kept saying he, and he goes in 2019, he was in Montgomery and Durham. And then he was like, on Sunday, he's starting for the big leagues. And That's he just so kind of cool. looked at me and <laughs> everyone, I mean, exploded yeah. and, and just kind of jumped on me and was, I mean, it was one of the coolest, you know, moments of my life. And I'm, I'm getting the chills now just explaining it and reliving <laughs> sure. it. it. It's just, you know, it was amazing um, at how he, how he told it. And, you know, about halfway through, I, I knew it was about me, but I didn't want to like show any emotion. <laughs> right. so you didn't want to like, start shaking people's hands right away and they right. say, oh, it's Clark <laughs> over here instead, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'm just kind of like keeping a straight face. And then, you know, obviously once everyone dogpiled me, it, it, it became real. Um, and I mean, it didn't feel real though, at the same time. I was like, Holy, like that just happened. Like I'm yeah. going to the big leagues. Like I got called up, I'm going to the big leagues. Um, did, and did you think that you were going to be starting though? Like, did you honestly think they would throw your ride in there? Or do you think you'd be in the bullpen for a bit? I, I thought maybe a bulk role. So have someone open for me and sure. me come in and throw three or four innings. Um, and when they told me I was starting, I was like, Oh man, like here we go. You know, I was obviously stoked and just grateful that, that they, you know, trusted me to, to come up and, and fill that role for him when, uh, I think it was Yanni Chirinos got hurt. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, and, and that day, um, it was right before stretch. So I wasn't even able to call anyone or tell anyone. So I'm outside for two hours getting my work in <laughs> and I come in, I'm like, okay, I'm going to take some time. I'm going to call some people. Sure. So, sure. 
Um, you know, first person I call is my dad. Let him know. Mm-hmm. Uh, how was how was his reaction? He I, he, I could tell. Like I couldn't see him, but I could tell he was a little emotional. Sure. Uh, yeah. I mean, who, which he, dad wouldn't? You know what I mean? It's like right, right. So he just kept telling me how proud he was, and and that you know him him and my mom had already like they bought the plane tickets when I told them that it was a possibility, just in case, mm-hmm. so that they didn't have to scramble. Um, so they had the plane tickets. Um, I hung up with him, called my mom. She was at work and she started breaking down crying at work. Obviously. I mean, I, you just hear it. And, oh, yeah. and she was crying like crazy. Couldn't believe it again. Just tell me how proud I was. Um, and then I called Katie and she was emotional too. She couldn't believe it. She was so happy for mm-hmm. me. Um, and thankfully it was on Sunday. So she was like, I'm going to come like, Sunday morning. Is that okay? I'm like, yes. Oh, she and left I, after the wedding? She left. So the wedding happened. She left Sunday morning. Wow. Um, and, and I mean, when she asked if it was cool, I'm like, oh, obviously it's yeah, cool. Obviously it's cool. Sure. Right. When I got off the phone with her, I bought her a plane ticket. I'm like, you're coming down. Here's your flight. My parents will pick you up here. Yada, yada, yada. So cool. Um, and, and then I go home my grandparents who have been, you know, my biggest supporters, through pro ball beside my parents and Katie. Mm-hmm. So, um, called them and, and my grandma, I could just tell in her, in her voice, she, she was sh- shaking up a little bit. She yeah. couldn't believe it. And, um, yeah. And she told my grandpa and it was just an awesome moment to tell, you know, my loved ones and everything. And then obviously I texted my friends and my phone just started blowing up. Because oh, yeah. then it, well, then it was, got out. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. And so it was just, I mean, it was awesome. So you, you know, you have all these emotions, you're all pumped up already. You know, when, when did it settle in or did it settle in at all? Like, holy crap, like, like nervousness, like saying, oh my God, was it when you ran out of the dugout? Was it when you got on the mound or were you just calm, cool, collective the whole time? So everything was good leading up until the morning of the start. You know, I got there on Saturday, greeted, you know, I went to Cash's office, you know, shook his hand. He kind of told me what, you know, his thoughts were and everything, saw Snyder. And then, you know, a lot through that time, the players were coming up to me, the guys that had been there and were like, Hey man, we're so happy you're here. Like we've been just hearing nothing but good things about you down there. Like we're pumped for you. We got your back. And I'm like, all right. Like, so then I'm like, okay, like I can kind of just like take a deep breath and, and relax. Um, and then the morning came of my start and I thought I was going to throw up. I really did. I was like, man, my stomach just was eating at it at, at itself. And I was just like, man, like, I am nervous as can, like, as all can be, I am just freaking out, freaking out. Um, but then again, right when I got to the field, it, it just cleared up. It was weird. Like nothing. I, I didn't feel any nerves. Um, and it was just from what the guys were telling me the night, the day before, you know, saying, we got your back, like go out there, do your thing. One performance isn't gonna, you know, make us think anything less of you, like do your thing. And so that really, really helped me. Um, you know, concentrate more, get, get rid of the nervous, the nervousness and just go out there and compete. Awesome. And so you get out there and staring you in the face in the top of the first inning, you have Randall Gritchick. He was batting second. You have Kevin Biggio leading off and you got Vladimir Guerrero Jr. in the three hole and you go strikeout, ground out, strikeout. I mean, inside you couldn't like you were you were chill like i was looking there like waiting for a like i knew you weren't gonna do it but like in your mind you yeah. want to do a fist bump but you were like oh, kind of a little bit of a catcher a little nod and walked off i'm like all right he's chill all right he's ready to go yeah yeah that was uh 
seeing those first three guys, obviously Gerchuk, who grew up watching when he was in St. Louis and everything, that was awesome to face him. And then you have guys like Biggio and, and Guerrero Jr. who are, you know, the rising stars are coming up. They have a big, you know, big name guys, um, obviously top prospects and everything. And, and when they got up, they have been performing. So, um, you know, a little bit in my head, I'm like, you know, I, 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 I'm like, I got to get these guys out. You know, I got to show them that I'm, I'm just as good as them. Sure. And, uh, you know, I struck out Biggio and I was walking around the mound. I'm like, Ooh, holy crap. like in my head, you know, <laughs> sure. I just couldn't believe it. You know, the first batter I faced, I struck out. So I was just like, holy cow, um, get Gerchuk to ground out. And then Guerrero Jr. comes up and obviously that's Vlad Jr. Number one prospect, you know, a year ago, whatever just a stud and, and same with Biggio, both studs. And, uh, and I struck him out and I remember just like walking back to the dugout and just thinking, I'm like, man, I bet my friends are going crazy back home right now. <laughs> like, my head, I'm going crazy. So I just know they are freaking out. Like just wherever they are, they're jumping They're You know, they're just going ballistic. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was neat. Cause we were on the way back from a trip and I'm watching on my phone and just go like, Holy crap. He just struck out Biggio. Holy crap. He just struck out Guerrero Jr. Like, Oh my God. Like it was, it was surreal, man. Like it was so cool. Um, so, so you, you settled in. I mean, you got through five innings in that one, two runs, three strikeouts. Like, you know, I guess after the first inning, even after that awesome first inning, I'm sure the nerves calmed down a lot. Did you just start pitching and it was all back to normal? Yeah, that, I mean that's exactly it, and and I will say the no fans definitely helped that. Um, I mean, I think it helped my whole year really, um, and leading up and in, into the World Series and stuff. But the no fans was a big factor, I think, because obviously when you have however many tens of thousands of fans there, that's going to up your nerves even more. And even though I felt good before going out there, I'm sure if I would have seen you know thirty thousand fans, whatever it would have been. I probably would have been really nervous then sure, too. Yeah. Um, but, but the no fans definitely helped. Um, yeah. After that first inning, you know, I go one, two, three. I'm just like, okay, like this is, it, yeah, this is what I can do. I can, if I can get these guys out, I can get anyone out. Like it, 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 like you said, I just went out there and, and after that first inning, I just pitched. Just kind of knew like, like you belong then. You know what I mean? It's like, I, right. I, I belong here. I'm here for a yeah. reason. So um, exactly. you mentioned the no fans. How hard was it for your family and for your fiance at the time, not to be able to be in the stadium. Like I was talking to my dad about it. I said, "Man, if if I was if I was Josh's dad, I could see him trying to go up and say, put, give me a custodial like setup, and I'll act like I'm cleaning the damn stands, and <laughs> yeah. I can watch." You know what I mean? How hard right. was that for them, though? Um, you know, it was tough for them. I'm sure, um, especially for the debut. Um, the debut, you obviously want everyone there. They want you want them to be there in person. You want them to, you want to see them after the game in the stands mm-hmm. and just give them, you know, the biggest hug ever. Um, you know, clearly that wasn't the case. Um, they were across the street at a local bar that were watching. Um, and I mean, I was able to see them after the game. Um, I was six feet away from them, but I was right. able to see them just seeing their faces, you know, they were just lit up with all joy and everything. Um, and I had three, three of my like best college friends, um, actually drove down as well. The minute they found out that I was starting on Sunday, they, they were like, screw it, we're driving. You gotta go. They left. Yeah. They, they drove 16 hours. Um, I saw they made a pact, right? I saw a post about that. Yeah. Um, so they, um, those three, they were up when I made my first start in Bowling Green, which was my first full season. They drove up to Iowa, uh, Burlington, Iowa, to watch that game. 
Michigan. Um, and they had been at every level going up to that. They'd seen me throw in person. Um, and that was their, their pact with, you know, we're going to see him whenever he, whenever he gets called, we're going regardless of what it is, we're going. That's and, awesome. and they showed up and it was just so cool seeing them there too. You know, they've been, and I had other, um, you know, college friends and high school friends that obviously couldn't make it. Um, that would have loved to have been there too, but seeing them, you know, just shows me, um, that I have an even bigger support system, you know, back home and, and everything like that. Absolutely. So after the debut, I mean, you lock in, you went five and oh, two, seven, eight ERA. I mean, in, insane, insane for any rookie to go out there. And especially you who was just drafted three years ago, um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I guess just talk to me about how you locked in. I mean, every single start coming in, it just seemed like you got comfortable. The guys in the clubhouse were trusting you, and it just seemed like you were just in a flow. Yeah. Um, I mean, it goes back to to that first day that I was up, um, and I remember Kevin Kiermaier came up to me. He was one of the first people that came up to me, and he was like, he goes, Flem. He's like, man, we're so happy you're here. Like, just kept telling me how, how many things he's heard about me, and he's just like, man, he goes, don't worry about anything but your game. He goes, go out there, do what you've been doing your whole career. He goes, we got your back. No mm-hmm. matter what, we got your back. Um, so just that first day, you know, it, it helped calm my nerves so much. And and it allowed me to go out there and and just think of, you know, my starts as, you know, it, in my head, just like another minor league game, you know, going up. Just everything that I learned, you know, I just put it into one and and throw. Um, and, and that just, I mean, just – hearing him, you know, a guy like Kiermaier, who was the longest tenured Ray at the time, um, you know, veteran guy. It, it just, when someone like that comes up to you and tells you that they got your back, like, I mean, there's no, there's no words to describe it. It was just awesome that he, you know, came up to me um, and told me that just helped calm everything that, you know, that could have gone, everything that could have gone wrong. It kind of, I knew it wasn't going to happen just because my nerves went away and, and what he was telling me. And I knew every game that I was starting or at least going to throw in that they had my back no matter what. So that was just a huge, huge confidence booster for me. Um, and, and like you said, after the first couple of games, I was able to get, I mean, more comfortable than I ever been before. Um, and I just wanted to go out there and, and give them the best, you know, the best job that I could do. I wanted to go out there, give them as many innings as I could do. Um, and just keep them in it every game. Um, and yeah, yeah, that's awesome. It, I, I was wondering how it, it went as the games kept going on, how more comfortable you got. So you, you end the regular season and, and not to mention, you know, you get brought up on any team, no matter where they're on the standings. It's exciting. You guys are the best team in the AL record wise, one of the best pitching staffs in the league and you're in it, you're in the rotation. I mean, it's just so cool. So when the regular season was over, did you kind of sit back and go, holy crap, like, we got a chance to win the whole damn thing. I could be a part of this my first season. You know, what were your what was your mindset after the regular season? Well, when we when we clinched, you know, first place in the AL East, first place in the entire AL, it was pretty crazy. Um, and, and, yeah, I mean, just sit, sitting back, even now, like, thinking about, man, when we finished the regular season at the top of, of every everything, and, and I'm sure we were overlooked by, you know, not just teams, but – um, like, like ESPN sports, none of them would have predicted the Rays to be the top of the AL. Yeah. Um, here we were. And I mean, just crazy to think about that this team with, with such a low, low salary and, and just everything like that, we're able to go out there and win games. Um, and that, that goes, that goes to show you just the chemistry that, that we had 
um, in the locker room and everything and, and how uh, Kevin Cash was able to manage and everything. He kept it so cool in, in the clubhouse, you know, win or lose, it didn't matter. He didn't care. I mean, he cared, but he didn't, you know, right, one right. losses and determine the season. So he just kept it super relaxed in the, in the clubhouse and in the way guys were to each other, there wasn't a single player that was selfish, you know, in the clubhouse, it was everyone was talking to each other. There wasn't an older guy that didn't want to talk to, you know, someone like me, like Charlie Morton, you know, veteran guy, 37 years old. We talked every day mm-hmm. and, and that just, that keeps everything so smooth in the clubhouse. And, and now I think that was one of the big reasons why we were able to win so many games and, and be a top of the AL. Um, just that chemistry. It just, when you have something like that, you can't lose. Who are the guys that you really, you know, talk to a lot? You mentioned Morton. You mentioned obviously you and Pete are very close, kind of coming up together in the ranks. Um, but as far as you said, Kisner too. Um, but as far as you know, everybody in that clubhouse, who are the guys that you really leaned on? Um, not just pitchers, but just overall. Um, so I got there. Um, you know, Blake Snell. He he kind of took me under his wing. I, I was talking to him every day, and and you know, we text now, just seeing what's up to each other, seeing how things are going. Um, you know, he, he really took me under his wing, um, and helped me, you know, helped me stay relaxed. Um, you know, helped me find kind of my routine for, for start days and stuff like that. So Blake was uh, a big, a big one that, that I really hung out with a lot. Um, Ryan Yarborough, another one who, um, you know, him and Pete are really good are really close. So immediately, I was introduced to, to Yarbs um, and I was introduced to him in spring training, obviously. So we knew each other before then, but they able to get pretty close with him. Um, You know, him being another starter during the games, we we were sitting in the alternate dugout, which was pretty much the stands. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we'd have, you know, conversations every day, every game we were talking about just anything random, anything you could think of. We probably talked about it. Um, We had some, some pretty funny discussions in in, in the alternate uh, dugout and stuff. But uh, those two pitching wise were were two guys that I you know looked up to going into it and and really was able to connect with and get close to. Um, position player wise, um, you know our, the two catchers that we had Zanino and Perez were guys that you know I would talk to a good amount just because they were catching us every day, um, and and you want to build that chemistry as a pitcher you want to build that chemistry with your pitcher you want to or with your catcher you want to you know, show them what you have, what you're confident, confident with. Um, and you want, you know, you want to be comfortable with them behind the plate anytime you're going into, into a game. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like that was, uh, those, those two were really key players that I wanted to, you know, talk with a lot. And, and Perez, I had thrown to him in AAA the year before, so I'd already known him a little bit, but Zanino was one that I really wanted to get closer with just so, you know, he wasn't that familiar with me. So I wanted him to know that he can trust me in any count, any situation to throw any pitch. Sure. And that's, it's important, especially when you're going to a playoffs, you're a young pitcher. Mm-hmm. And I mean, these veteran guys can really help you. So that's, that's awesome to hear. So when you, mm-hmm. when you finish the regular season, you know, it, first it seemed like when you were brought up, you didn't know because of some of the injury situations, if they were going to keep you up, you probably in the back of your mind were wondering just, Hey, I'm going to pitch my heart out, do what I can here. And, and hopefully it works out. And you kept performing, and and that's what's awesome is it kept going on and on. And then they said, "All right, we got a spot for Josh. Like we got a spot for him here." So when you got to playoff time, and you made the ALCS roster, were you surprised or did you expect that? 
Uh, I mean, I guess a little bit of both. Um, I had sat out the wild card roster or the wild card series. Um, I knew that was because I had just started the last game of the season and we were playing a day later against, you know, the Blue Jays. So I had a, a feeling I wasn't going to be on the wild card roster. ALDS comes around. I'm like, okay, I think, you know, I think I have a good shot to make this one. Um, and obviously I didn't for that one either. Um, I was a little disappointed. Um, you know, I thought I had deserved to be on it, but then I took a step back and kind of looked at the bigger picture. Yankees were hitting almost 400 off left-handed pitching. Sure. I'm going to be in the bullpen and come in. They had one, one lefty that really played and it, it was Brett Gardner. So, you know, my, obviously I'm better against lefties being a left-handed pitcher. So after taking a step back and getting over myself, I was like, okay, like that makes total sense. Like sure. I have no reason to be mad at that, that call at all. But I get it. Like, you're hungry. You know what I mean? You just had a good regular season. Right. I, it's anybody right. would think that way. Right. Um, and then ALCS comes around. I'm like, okay, we're playing the Astros. They have way more lefties than the Yankees. I'm like, I'm going to get on this one. I just, I just know it. I like, please like, just let me be on this <laughs> roster. Um, and, and sure enough, Cashy called me, um, and, and let me know like, Hey, you're on the roster. He goes, let's get to work. And I was like, let's go. <laughs> so I was pumped. I was super pumped to be on the yeah. ALC, ALCS roster, um, and playing against the Astros of all teams. Uh, right. Was, you know, oh, you yeah. know how that. Oh yeah. We, yeah. We know what, we know what that has to be like, um, man. So, so was there an extra, like, you know, factor going into the playoffs of kind of realizing that, you know, it's not just another game, it's playoff game. Was there any extra, uh, motivation? Was there any extra, you know, nerves, I guess, going into a playoff game? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it, and I didn't know, I knew going into the CS that I was going to be in the bullpen. Um, I wasn't going to start. So I knew, you know, when I get called in, whether we're up by a lot, down by a lot, like I still want to keep us in it regardless. You know, I didn't want to just because we're down, by say we're down by six runs, not going to go in there and think, well, we're down by six runs. All right, here, I'm just going to, throw strikes. Now I wanted to go out there and compete and sure. still give a chance to stay in the game. And same if we're winning, you know, I want to keep winning. I don't want to give up, you know, runs to get the other team back in it. So, you know, my mentality was the same as it was during the regular season. I want to go out there, compete and, and keep us in it. But at the same time, like the, there's way more adrenaline in the playoffs than, you know, regular season. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, mentality stayed the same. Um, I don't think I changed the mentality just because it was the playoffs. I knew we needed to win and we had seven games to do it. Um, but regardless of when I was going in the game, I wanted to keep us in it as much as I could. You guys get a chance to go to the World Series. You celebrate a couple times. I mean, you're smoking cigars after beating the Yankees. Did you think in the start of 2020 you'd be able to do that at the end of the year? Uh, no, honestly, I, I would not have expected it. In in San Diego, you know, <laughs> my, would my, not have. My producer Nick over here is a big Yankees fan, so he keeps shaking his head. He's very upset. Uh, you guys got the job done. Hate to see it. Hate to see it. <laughs> so when you go to the World Series and they call you in, you're facing Mookie Betts, arguably one of the best players in the league. Your thoughts going up against him, seeing him on the other side, and uh, and, and going into that. Yeah, um, you know Mookie is, in my eyes, just because of what he did to me, <laughs> is the best hitter in baseball. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, and I knew I was facing him. I knew I was facing a bunch of lefties after that who were pretty good too. Um, but you know, again, like the like the CS, I wanted to go and just 
keep us in it as much as I could. I, you know, I wanted to throw strikes. I wanted to be able to, because glass now was pulled um, so short, I wanted to be able to go out there and give us a few innings, you know, to save our bullpen as much as we could for the bigger games. Um, so that was my game plan going in. Um, I didn't expect Mookie to swing first pitch and hit a home run. Yeah, so right. That kind of, <laughs> that kind of, I was like, you got to be kidding me. First pitch, and he gets it out. I was like, oh, gosh, here we go. Um, but It was opposite field, though. It was an outside pitch. I thought it was a good pitch. Right, right. I didn't think it was a bad pitch at all. He just kind of took it the other way. Um, yeah. But but that feeling was, um, I mean, really special. Obviously, it's the World Series, and I didn't think about it then until after the season. But I mean, and this goes just this goes back to having no fans, and then going to the World Series, and there being, you know, twelve thousand fans. It was, it it helped me in a sense to where it was like everything was kind of zoned out. It was a, I mean, it's the world series. I was just so, so laser focused that like the fans didn't bother me. I didn't even think of the fans. I didn't even think I was nervous. Like I didn't feel anything. I was just there. So focused, sure. you know, and then after it all ended and everything, I just took a step back and I was like, Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> I just threw the world series, you know, like it was just, it was one of those things where, you don't think it's real until, you know, it, it, it's passed and, and just looking at it and, and even thinking about it now, I'm like, man, that, that's just one of the coolest moments ever. You know, as a kid growing up, that's every baseball player's dream is, is to go to the World Series and, and play in the World Series. And being able to do that in my first year was, I mean, it's unexplainable. It's just so surreal. It's, you know? it's honestly a win for you to be able to, like, in the moment, relax and just play the game and then take a step back. Think of how many guys I'm sure have been in that spot and just like can't handle it, and they they're wild wild over the place. They forget the scouting report. Like the fact that you can get the job done, and then afterwards, because every if you're a human and you have a pulse, and you're in the World Series, you go, "Holy shit! I just pitched in the World Series." Everybody's yeah. got to do that at some point. But the fact that you could go in there and just play is insane. Like to me, that's I I was I was nervous watching you pitch. Like I was getting nervous. I'm like I can't imagine what he's thinking. Yeah, I mean, I know any game that I throw in, even during the minor league season, my mom's always, like, covering her face. She doesn't want to watch. <laughs> so, and she was there. My parents were there. My grandparents were there. Um, and then Katie and her family were actually there. So that was awesome to have them in the stands and actually get to watch. Um, and my grandparents was even more special. They hadn't seen me throw in a game since 2018, since my first full season. Um, so having them there – and seeing me pitch in on the biggest stage, the biggest game, you know, that I've ever thrown in was just unbelievable. Um, and they were just so happy um, and so proud of me. And it just, it makes me happy thinking about them, um, you know, being there and stuff. But uh, yeah, I know going in, I'm sure. Well, I, I know my dad, he, he remembered seeing there wasn't anything on the board saying I was warming up. So they had no idea. And all of a sudden they look up and they're like, just in the game, just in the end, they start freaking out. And I just can picture my mom now just like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, like freaking out, trying to cover her face, not knowing what to do. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it was just, just yeah. incredible. You guys were so close, man. I mean, it was such a good series and came up a little bit short, but it's, it, it was such yeah. a good series. What did uh, Cash have to say after the series that, and you know, obviously you guys will be back. You have a lot of talent, but was there any words to kind of everybody to, to get you ready for next year? Yeah. I mean, he just, you know, he came in and just 
told us how proud he was of us as a team and, and how we were able to get there, you know, and, and no one would have bet on us to make it to the World Series. And Man, he you're just, a popular guy over there. <laughs> <laughs> you hear that? Gosh, dang yeah, it. It's all good. Hey, I, I didn't know if it was a phone or the or the Mac, but it's all good. It's the the laptop keeps like getting messages from like weeks ago that are popping up. It's annoying. <laughs> I, I don't know how to even. I don't even want to deal with that right now. Um, oh, I'm, I'm gonna see if I can. Uh, it's all good. See you, if I can. You can take this time to go follow us at BrewsBOTB on Twitter. Uh, you can also go follow Josh. Is it at Josh R. Fleming? Is that what it is? That is correct, yes. <laughs> it's all good. I, I heard it. I'm like, okay, I got to let the audience know. It's not a huge deal. It's just cracking me up. I'm, I'm losing my mind right now. Hopefully, it'll be <laughs> caught up. And, um, but no, so he, kept, he just kept reiterating you know, how proud he was and what an awesome season it was. And for him to be able to manage us and, and take us that far, what it meant to him. Um, and he just said, you know, kind of take it with a grain, grain of salt. He goes, be, be vengeful, you know, come back next year with that fire that, you know, we want to go out there and, and win it all. You know, we're not satisfied with, with coming in second place. We don't want to be the runner-up. We want to be the ones on top at the end of the season. Um, so that was his message to us, just, you know, take it in, take it all in. He goes, I mean, cause you never know when that that's going to happen again. You never know if we're even going to be back again. Sure, sure. So he just said, soak it all in. He goes, have that fire. Cause he goes, I think we have a good chance next year too. So, I mean, that, that's all we need to hear. You know, we're, we're already, um, you know, looking at it now. It's like, can't really change anything. I don't know if we would. Um, I mean, just what, what a season, you yeah. know, what a season, what just incredible, what the Rays did, what we did this year was no one would have expected it. Um, and and we did, you know, we we defied everyone who thought that the Rays wouldn't have made it. You know, I, I'm sure everyone was Yankees or Astros, um, but Rays. You know, yeah, yeah, man. It was it was a great season for you and for and for the team, and we're we're looking forward to seeing you next year. As far as I want to go back real quick to college. So at Webster, you know, you you get out of high school, you go to Webster. Um, and, and it's, it was kind of a wild story because you actually grew, I believe, what is it? Five inches taller and you put on 30 to 40 pounds of muscle. And all of a sudden there are these scouts coming along and they yeah. see this, this lefty out of Webster. When, when you started throwing at Webster, you know, and getting comfortable, when was it that you started getting like an idea that, Hey, I might have a shot to like play professionally. Like when did that hit? Was it right away or was it a couple years in? Uh, so freshman year, um, I put on all that weight and muscle going into my sophomore year. So all freshman year, I'm 155, 160 pounds soaking wet. Just, I mean, skinny as can be. Um, and I remember the first game I threw in, it was against Emory, who was the number two team in the nation at the time. And it was opening weekend. I called out of the bullpen to throw. Um, you know, my coach told me he wasn't going to start me right away. He was planning on waiting until we took our spring trip to Florida to start me in a JV game first and then work my way up to, um, you know, the varsity, um, the big team. Um, and I go in and I didn't know it at the time until the next day. They were like, Hey, you, you know how hard you were throwing? I was like, no, not really. I was like, I knew I had adrenaline going. It was my first college game. You're up to 90. And I was like, what? Like, wow. I, I, I never even hit like 86 or 87 before. So when they told me that, I was like, 
whoa yeah like that that's pretty cool that's new um, yeah you know yeah and and i didn't want to get you know a big head over it i was just like okay like let's see if i can just keep doing that um and i would occasionally get you know hit 90 you know once or twice a game from then on out i started i started more games after that um my coach came up and he goes yeah we're not gonna wait until florida he's like you're starting you know from now until whenever yeah um so um after that season ended my coach came up and he's like hey like with the season you had with what your velo was he goes you have a shot to play beyond college he goes but you need to take it seriously he goes you need to put on weight you need to eat better you need to get in the weight room and you know that that was my dream was to you know play pro baseball that's what i wanted to my whole life that was my dream you know growing up and so you know i i took it personally i I'm, you know started working out harder i started eating better um and put on those 30 to 40 pounds going just that summer uh put on those 30 to 40 pounds um and came back to webster around 200 um and sophomore year comes by um a couple scouts started showing up just to like look just to see what I had. And I remember getting hurt on one of the nights that they saw me throw. Um, and I had a little UCL sprain, um, which, you know, obviously leads to Tommy John. So I'm like, Oh my gosh, like, right. If this is serious, like I could lose next year and who knows what could happen. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, get, get the MRI and everything. It wasn't a full tear. I didn't want to sit out the season. I was like, what can I do to where I can still play at some point during the season? Um, and they recommended uh, PRP. So PRP, just an injection. They took, they take uh, blood and fat from me and then they like transfuse it. And it basically just rebuilds, you know, mm -hmm. cartilage and, and whatever injury is in there, it rebuilds it. So I decided to get that. Um, it was a three month long, um, like recovery pretty much. Um, and I came back and, and, you know, knock on wood, even to this day, I haven't had any more, um, issues with it, but the PRP really, I mean, it, it saved me. It saved, I think me getting drafted so high the following year. Yeah. Um, but I would say after to answer the question, after that long explanation, I would say <laughs> after my sophomore year um was was about the time when i was like okay like i can do this i, I know i can and you get uh d3 player of the year your senior year at 0.68 uh era which is insane so you know when when you were i guess getting ready for the draft process did you kind of have an idea how high you went i mean did you think you'd go fifth did you like fifth round or that area or do you think it could be later or so, earlier at the time i had an advisor who he wasn't my agent yet because in college you can't actually have an agent until after, you know, you get drafted and stuff like that, or at least for baseball. Um, so my advisor had been talking to all, all 30 teams and they were like, and he just kept asking, you know, who, wh where do you have him? What rounds? And I had a feel, you know, the answer I got was in between the fourth and seventh. Um, if not those two, then a for sure, um, uh, for sure. Oh gosh, what just happened? Oh, you're good. I still got you. 
Okay, I'm can you hear lost me? right now. I, I can hear you. I just, oh, here we go. You're fine. Okay. Um, so I had, a, you know, if, if not four through seven, most like, like for sure, he would say for sure top 10. So I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, like that's pretty awesome. I will, I'll take <laughs> regardless, that. Of where I, you know, regardless of where I was drafted, it could have been 20th. I'm, I was going to take it. Sure. Um, and, and my college coach was telling me, he goes, you'd be stupid if you didn't take it. Like, cause I don't want to see you next year. Not in a bad <laughs> way. He's like, I don't want to see you next year. Right. Um, so I kind of had that idea in my head. Um, and you know, the Rays obviously took me in the fifth round and, and I had a, you know, I had a draft party that day, um, had all my teammates and, and close friends around. And it was, that was really special. That, that goes up to, aside from getting called up, getting married, that is, you know, a top three, um, day of my, like my favorite day of my life. So cool. Yeah. It's, it's so it's wild, man, to go from high school when like you were throwing low eighties and you just want to keep playing baseball, and then all of a sudden, like, bam, you get up in a situation where you're throwing nineties and you're talking about going playing professional baseball, and now you're pitching in the World Series three years later. I mean, the 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 last five years you've had have have to be insane. I mean, like mm-hmm. I'm sure you've heard all these these interview questions before. Like you're, I mean, you're a popular guy now. People are like want to know the story. Um, yep. it's, it's, it's insane. So we're, I'm, I'm so happy for you. Um, and I appreciate you joining us. We do have a couple more things right before we let you go. Um, yep. Tal, you have any questions for, for Josh? Uh, just to learn a little bit more about the Rays in the clubhouse. Who's the biggest prankster on the team? Ooh, biggest prankster. Huh? And did it, they get you at all with anything good? Yeah. Yeah. Any rookie hazing or anything? <laughs> so, so um due to covid we weren't actually like usually they have like a like a costume thing when you go on road trips uh because of covid they didn't do that this year so my big my big haze thing which it wasn't even a hazing after they do it to every rookie who um either if, if you're a position player you get your first hit or pitcher gets their first win they basically make you strip down anything everything nothing but your sliders mm-hmm um, and they put you in a laundry bin and they put you in the middle of the showers. And as the showers are on you, they have beer, orange juice, milk, <laughs> baby powder, like just all this gross crap when you combine them, just the worst time in history, like ketchup, mustard, whatever they could find, they're dumping it on you. Um, so I got that, I got that uh, you know, after my first win, which was it was not enjoyable at the time. <laughs> I was told to hold hold your breath, and I was holding my breath. But the minute all the cold water and beer and all that hit me, it just like it took the breath out of me. So now my mouth is open, oh. and I'm inhaling, inhaling all the fumes and all that. Oh, it was just, it was disgusting. It was, it was awful. Um, but I mean, so much fun at the same time. It was, yeah. Sure, sure. But I would say like the. I wouldn't even say there's like a prankster on the team. I would say like one of the goofiest is uh, Aaron Loop. He was, you know, he's a country boy. He's he's southern. He's got the accent to prove it. Um, and he was one of the funniest and just goofiest dudes that I had ever met. Sure, that's awesome. You got anything else? Uh, just have you gotten to kind of hang out with like Luke Void or any of the other St. Louis? area MLB players? Um, I mean, aside from Pete, just cause he was my teammate, I have not. 
Um, I know um, some of them train close in the off season, and I'm sure this year we're going to try and set, hopefully set something up to where, um, you know, when, when Pete and I need to throw, we'll get to face them and, and stuff like that. But um, I actually have not got to meet them. Um, not yet. But gotcha. But I, I'm sure it'll, it'll happen. In the near future that we would get to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you want to go ahead? What, so you guys, you and Pete have this best buds stuff. You got, I see, I see, uh, shirts and the stepbrothers, uh, you know, you guys over the face of, of the stepbrothers. Yep. So, I mean, are you guys, uh, you guys got some merch out there we can, we can plug. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I can get you both, I can get you both, um, you know, a sweatshirt if you want. Um, yeah, that, that was kind of funny how that even came up. Like it was every game that I threw in Pete was like right after me mm-hmm. um and our agency we have the same agent and everything and our agency ate it up they loved it so they just started saying oh, best buds back at it again you know <laughs> and, and it just kind of stuck and then we get to uh we get to the world series and our agent was there and he had t-shirts made with the stepbrothers logo but with our faces <laughs> on them and we we're like oh my like that is just the greatest thing ever <laughs> and so we decided after the season ended, we're like let's like let's do something with this instead yeah. of just having a couple of shirts for us. Like let's, let's make something out of this. And, and, you know, obviously for, for us, we don't, we don't take anything. It all goes to uh, all goes to charity. It's called urban K life, um, which helps uh, inner city kids um, with sports and everything like that. So it's obviously, you know, a great cause. Um, but we decided like, let, let's do something cool with this. And we started making different shirts, not just the best buds logo, but we have like Pete has, his crazy eyes sweatshirt where it's just his eyes. Um, he's got a big Pete energy shirt where it's just him. Firing up. Um, every day that I started or every day that I was throwing in, my agent always texts me, you know, TGIF, thank God it's phlegm day instead of Friday. <laughs> so we have one of those shirts. Um, there's one of me with my glasses that says D three to the big leagues. Nice. Um, we have, stickers and stuff but we're we're planning on making more shirts um you know me being a ground ball pitcher and not striking out many people um i think we're gonna make a chicks dig the ground ball shirt nice something along with that um in the near future but yeah it's just it's something that started as kind of a joke that turned into you know what it is and, and you know we hope that people keep you know keep buying and and keep supporting Urban K Life as well. So where can they uh, buy it? Where where can they find it? So the website, and I'll have to pull it. It's called Teespring. It's like teespring.com, and it's T-E-E Spring. Um, but it's there's a bunch of other stuff after it um, that if you want, I can send it to you. Yeah, for sure. Um, that way we can plug it. We'll after let the audience know where they can find it for sure. We'll, we'll link it, and yeah. that way you can support but, uh, the cause. Absolutely, but you know, if you guys want want to send me uh, send me your sizes, I can get a couple sweatshirts your way. There you go, man. And then we'll send you a bruise yeah. on the balcony shirt. We'll keep we'll rep both brands. I love it. You know, and if, if you're in, if you're in an interview, you know, next year, and you happen to have it on, and you're on ESPN, like you know, it's hey. all good. Hey, say less. Say less. <laughs> if you want me to do that? That's easy. All right. One more thing. I got a couple quick hit questions for you. So just right away, answer and uh, as as long or short as you want. All right. Who is the most intimidating person you threw against this season? Bryce Harper. Uh, if you could pick one baseball player in the history of the game to pitch against, uh, alive or deceased, who would it be? 
Oh, man. It's between Barry Bonds and Albert Pujols. Albert Ooh. Pujols was my idol growing up. So, You think and you, maybe, think you could strike him out? Maybe. You think you could strike him out? Maybe. <laughs> I'd like to think <laughs> yes, but we'll see. <laughs> uh, who was your favorite pitcher growing up? Mm. Favorite pitcher growing up was Johan Santana. Nice. Interesting. That's a good one. Uh, okay, do you have any pregame rituals? So I always, I put, I go left sock first, right sock, left cleat, right cleat, and then my pant length, because I'm a high sock guy, has to be the same length. Every time. And if, if it's not, I will literally pull down the pants and restart until I'm like, okay, this is it. Really? How many times have you done it? Like how many times have you reset and done it? Uh, the most is probably like three or four times, I think. Damn. Like, yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like this, it's just bugs me. It just bugs me, bugs me, bugs me. <laughs> uh, let's see. We already answered who is the funniest guy in the race clubhouse, uh, rookie hazing. All right. So I got this is another question I got. Be honest. After a start, have you turned on ESPN or MLB Network to see if they have any highlights of you? I have not actually. I have not. I, I honestly, I hate watching myself like after. Yeah. I just hate watching myself. Is it like cringy? Like you're like you know, like, oh, why did I do that yeah. or why did I, yeah, why did yeah. I throw that? Or... It really is. So I I try to stay away from that as much as I can. Uh, so you're verified on Instagram now. So do you think like you're better than us now or something? <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And that... I, that was like honestly, that was like one of the big things when I got drafted. I immediately went to my agent, like, hey. Can I please get verified? Like, it would be so cool to get verified. And he goes, well, you got to do this first. I'm like, all right, fine. Get called up this year. And I go, Aaron, can I get verified? He goes, wait, wait just a second. And like a day later, I was verified. I was like, let's go. Let's so, go. He couldn't get you on verified on Twitter? Yeah, though? what's up? What, what gives for Twitter? Yeah, you know, I think because – so for me on Twitter, like that's not like – it's not the big – like the main social media that I use. So, And I think like one of the criteria, you have to like tweet – more like a certain amount per week and i'm not a big tweeter so like i'm on there and i'll favorite and retweet stuff but i don't actually tweet stuff a whole lot sure so i think that's probably one of the reasons why i'm not verified on twitter but i was wondering the same thing because i actually yeah. saw it the other day it's like oh i'm not verified on like what gives i mean you got yeah. your Insta you got instagram verified you got a wikipedia page now like you're on baseball <laughs> reference like get the guy a freaking blue check mark come on what yeah. are you doing here it's uh, not that hard all right, one more. If you threw me threw me twenty pitches, would I get a foul tip? Man, one foul well, tip. When, when was the last time you swung a baseball bat? Baseball bat or slow pitch softball bat? Does it count? <laughs> uh, I would consider it the same. Oh God, two thousand eighteen, probably July twenty eighteen. Uh, you know, I think you probably would get one. Okay, I really do. Okay, I really do. So I think we need I, to make this happen. Is what is what he's saying to prove it. I mean, you know what I mean. Me. Any that's chance cool he me. puts it in fair play? I no, absolutely, not. <laughs> absolutely. Not. What if you had to throw me all fastballs? Absolutely not. <laughs> I I, see, I really don't. I, I don't know. No, don't. that's fine. Agree to disagree. I mean, I'm a great athlete. Just ask Nick, my co-host. I mean, I've destroyed him in basketball and pretty much every athletic competition. I you know. I'm, I'm not a past freak my athlete friend. over there. A freak, freak athlete, athlete over here. I mean, that's why I podcast and Josh's in the majors. I didn't get my <laughs> shot. That's the difference. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I don't know. We got to make that happen. When next time, you know, it gets warm cool and we got some time, if you're in, let's I'm do cool. it. Good deal. All right, man. Hey, thank you so much for joining us. Appreciate your time. Um, you know, good luck yeah, with everything this offseason. We'll have you on again.
Yep, absolutely. I'd love it. Our thanks to Josh for taking some time out of his day to sit down with us and talk about his career. Just a great guy and, and a guy that's got an awesome story. So we're excited to see where his career goes, and uh, we're pumped up for him. If you have any more ideas for these one-on-one featured interviews, you can follow us at BrewsBOTB. Drop a mention either to us or you can go on our DMs and send us an idea you might have. Uh, you can always email myself, Weber at WeberYaleMedia.com. That's Yale, Y-A-H-L. And uh, let me know who you think would be good on these featured one-on-ones. So, again, thanks to Josh. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next time.